0: among Christians regards the subject of cultural engagement. Uh, Questions like these are debated. Can uh, culture be reformed? Is it our job to conform the culture? If we could just get enough people in the right places, uh, in the right positions, uh, with the right kind of influence, maybe our culture can be reformed. Uh, And and we certainly know it's not going to be perfected, but maybe it can be uh, uh, reformed, or is, is, can the culture only be redeemed? Uh, do we just kind of do our best to kind of be salt and light, and then just you know pray, cross our fingers, and hope that Jesus comes real soon because He's really the only answer to the culture being changed. Other questions like what model should a believer follow for engaging the culture? Uh, isolation, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Assimilation, I, I've, I've, been, I, I've become all things to all men that I might by all means win some. Uh, evangel, evangelization, go into the, all the world, preach the gospel. Or, or, or maybe activism, and we use the examples of Daniel and Joseph, of men that God put in very powerful positions. And, and maybe, maybe that's the goal, that's the aim, to, to get involved uh, in the political system so that, so that we can have an effect upon the culture. And if you're sitting there and thinking, well, this really isn't for me. I don't want you to be deceived this morning that this is an issue that's reserved for the ivory tower or the brainiacs among us. You and I engage and contribute to the culture every day. Every day we, we contribute. Every day we engage. Not only are we engaging the culture, we're making culture. Every day, We're part of culture being formed each and every day. It's unavoidable. We we can't avoid it. In fact, we have been designed and created by God to image Him in life's ordinary moments. And that's where culture occurs. It occurs in life's ordinary moments. And we have been designed and created by God to image Him in those ordinary moments, living as the people of God among the peoples of the world. We are the people of God, as, we, as we've been making our way through First Peter. We are the people of God. Not we shall be, but we are the people of God if you're, a child of, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. And because of that, we are the people of God among the peoples of the world. So how do we fulfill our responsibility to the culture in a biblical manner? Well, today's text is we're getting ready to move into a new section Today's text unpacks the core values of cultural engagement. What are the if you have in business or if you've had to put together a mission statement or if you're uh, 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 trying to think about a ministry? Uh, a lot of times, we that, that's one of the buzz terms today is core values. What what are the core values? Well, what are the core values of engaging the culture? Our text introduces the second major section of this book. The second major section begins in verse 13 and it goes all the way through to chapter 4 and verse 11 and it is the heart of Peter's teaching. Peter's going to be dealing with some very, very difficult issues of how we as the people of God live out our faith and uh, uh, live, live out our faith at home. Live out our faith in a in a culture that is uh, against us. Live out our faith on the job. How do we do this? How do we go about doing this? And again, remember these people are people who have been who have been taken from their land. They are strangers. They are aliens in the in the in the country that we know today is Turkey. They are in. A, they have been dispossessed. They have lost their possessions. They're not able to meet together like they used to because they've been scattered all over. And so now here they find themselves as foreigners and strangers in a land. And and Peter is writing them to say that how they are to engage where God has placed them now as as they've been dispossessed by the Roman government. And so as we look at this major section, there's two truths. There's two big ideas that are found in chapter 2, verse 13, all the way to chapter 4, verse 11. And those two big truths or two big ideas is this. First of all... Allegiance to God does not exempt a believer from submitting to pagan authority. That's the first big idea. In other words, I can't say this. Well, you know, I pay taxes to the U.S. government. And they do some things with that money that I just flat out don't agree with. In fact, they do some things with that money that I think is immoral, that goes against the scriptures. So therefore, I'm not going to pay taxes anymore. You know? I'm not going to pay taxes anymore. I'm done. Well, we'll start a jail ministry, uh, because you're going to end up in jail, okay? You're going to go to jail. But can, as, a, can a, as a believer, can I do that? Is that, same, is that a biblical way of thinking as, as we think about how things relate to the culture? And what we're going to find as we go through this is the first, just because I have an allegiance to God, it does not exempt me from submitting to pagan authorities. The second big idea is going to be this, that maintaining allegiance to God. Okay, my my first allegiance, my primary allegiance is to God. Secondly, in order to maintain that allegiance, it may, underlined, italicized, uh, bold, it may require a believer to suffer unjustly and without retaliation if I'm going to maintain my allegiance to God, it may, it doesn't always, but it may require me to suffer and to accept that suffering without retaliation. Those are the two big ideas of this this major section. Now, and the argument that Peter is going to make to support these two big ideas is this, the example of the life of Christ. Let's look at Jesus Christ, and let's see how He responded to the culture in which He lived. And let's see how He responded to these things. And we'll see from the example of Christ, the the example of Christ lays the foundation for these two big ideas. Uh, Peter, As Peter looks at this section, uh, Peter is going to be making some specific, difficult instructions... We're going to swallow hard on some of these instructions. They're specific and and they're difficult. But Peter starts, our text today is the introduction. And Peter starts by reminding them of his affection. Look at the text again in verse uh, verse 11 and the first word, beloved. Beloved. It's always good when you've got something difficult to say to somebody is to start with, I love you. (laughs) I, I love you. I'm telling you this because I love you. You know, not not go, I tell you this because I love you. You know, but, you know, with a broken, you know, I'm telling you this because I love you. I care about you. You need to hear what I'm about to say. And this is how Peter starts out. He reminds them. He's getting ready to tell them some difficult things. And he reminds them by letting, again, these are people who are not loved by, by the, in the area in which they live, they're not loved. These are people who have lost connections of love with brothers and sisters in Christ because they've been scattered everywhere. These are people who might even wonder if God loves them because they've lost their homes. They've lost their livelihoods. They're starting all over in a strange land. And Peter reminds them, I love you. I love you. And I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. He reminds them of of his affection for them. And he he starts, look at this, he says, Beloved, I urge you. I urge you. It's an exhortation. And he exhorts them regarding, as we'll see, the core values of cultural engagement. He exhorts them regarding the comparative reality. You see the word there, he says, as, and we'll talk about that. that. That little word, that little two-letter word, not only in English, but in the Greek, hois, as. What, what's he, he, he talks to them about the fact uh, of, of, of this comparative reality. He also talks to them about their private battle. If we're going to engage the culture, it begins not by how can I reach people outside. It begins by how do I deal with my own passions inside. It begins with our hearts. Reaching the culture doesn't begin with reaching out to people. Reaching the culture begins by making sure my heart is in the right place, that I'm not acquiescing to the culture. And so we have this, it, it, we have this private battle, and he uses the word abstain. There's, there's a negative and there's a positive exhortation to this. He says uh, there, but I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain. But then he also talks about their, their public persona. Uh, The ESV translates it keep there in verse 12, but you could also translate it maintain. It's just an easier way to remember it. Uh, So so it deals with our comparative reality. It deals with our private battle, abstain, and our public persona, maintain. And so the first core value of engagement is our comparative reality there in verse 11. Peter writes uh, there in verse 11, Beloved, I urge you as. Now again... All uh, This first major section that we've looked at has had to do all with our identity. Who are we in Christ? What does it mean to be a follower of Christ? And we've looked at our unique privileges. We've looked at our responsibilities. We, we, we've looked at the fact of, uh, of, uh, that not, not that we've replaced Israel, but we've looked at the fact that, that, that we have the same, uh, uh, the same kind of ministry, the same kind of ministry that the nation of Israel had to the nations and so he he, he, he.